Welcome to Skills for Life, a podcast about high-demand jobs that are shaping future opportunities. This show is brought to you by the North Shore Schools Foundation. I'm Kira Dorian, your host and a North Shore mom. Let's get started. Today on the show, I have the privilege of speaking with George Ahern. He is a registered nurse and the owner of West Infusion Nurses Network here in Washington, but he's also a serial entrepreneur. So we're going to talk about how all those things link together. So George, welcome to the show. Hi, Kira. Thank you for having me. It's it's exciting to be here. Yeah, I'm thrilled to get to speak with you. I think it's so interesting that you have this nursing background, which is such a important, frontline, grounded profession, and somehow you've also managed to do that and be a major entrepreneur in so many different areas. Like, what a cool background do you have? <laughs> Honestly, the uh, infusion company is one of my favorite things to talk about, but I have so many interests that just keep me occupied. I typically find a way to turn it into a business somehow. I love that. I think that's something we don't think of very often, that you can have this pretty straightforward career path and a pretty straightforward career that we that we understand, like we know what a nurse does, right? right, right. And still create in your world all these other opportunities and and fuse all that together. Like I'm just I think that's such a out of the box way of thinking. So I'm excited to get to talk about it. Tell me a little bit about how you got to where you are today and what it is that you primarily do today. I was kind of a weird kid. I I knew at nine years of age I was going to be a nurse. I don't know why. I just knew I wanted to help people and I always have had that compunction or compulsion, I guess you would say, to help people. And nursing was just a way to do it. Um, In high school, I I went to the State Patrol Academy to Shelton, Washington to just dabble for a couple of weeks to learn if I wanted to go into law enforcement. But when I came out of that, I just said nursing is it for me. And everything I did was work towards that goal. I worked in the farming community in eastern Washington in the fields and help my friends on their family farm just to help pay for college and went the cheapest route possible, got my two-year degree, Associate's Arts and Science, uh, Big Bend Community College. And then I got my Associate's degree in nursing out of Eastern Washington at Community College. And it was just a great, uh, inexpensive way to enter into the nursing field. There are different levels of RN. You could be an RN degree like I got, or you could get your bachelor's in nursing or your master's in nursing. I I ended up getting my bachelor's in nursing, but it's not required to enter the field. And it was a way for me to work into the field without having all the expense of school and I could pay and, and go to school at the same time. And then ultimately, I always had a vision of wanting to run things. And I had this grand vision, I'd be a CEO of some hospital someday, and I got my master's in healthcare administration. But really, all that education just helped me in my drive and in my knowledge of, you know, learning to run a business and learning to, to you know, be my own boss. And WIN, W-I-N-N stands for West Infusion Nurses Network. And I really tried to create a company built by nurses for nurses. Uh, I've been involved in every aspect of the healthcare field from labor and delivery. I've delivered three babies on my own in a rural community hospital in Eastern Washington to kidney liver transplant right here at the University of Washington and just about every field in between. But with WinFusion, what we do is we essentially hire RNs and train them to go into the home to deliver what are called biological drugs 
And those biologics handle a wide variety of autoimmune disorders. And then we also give enzyme replacement therapy for rare genetic disorders, very rare diseases. And the best part about the job is the meds that we give help. The meds that we give heal and and help people. When you go and donate blood and when you go and give that life-saving donation, what you don't realize is how they're able to fractionate out different components of the blood, right? We think we donate blood and then someone gets blood when there's an emergency. They're in a, you know, God forbid, a car wreck or something. But what happens is, is they're able to say, no, let's pull out the red blood cells for people who need red blood cells and to get more oxygenation throughout their body. Uh, Let's pull out the platelets for people who need to have better clotting in their body. And then let's pull out the albumin for volume. And But this one tiny little molecule, this immunoglobin G, which lives in our blood, is such an amazing molecule. It helps repair our nervous system and it helps our immune system. So if you have an autoimmune disorder or uh, are immunodeficient, they can give you this tiny little molecule that four liters of blood donation produces just four grams of this stuff. And it can make your quality of life so much better. So it's pretty, pretty amazing molecule in the body. I mean, that's just incredible. <laughs> that's really cool. So tell me a little bit about how you feel this field is transforming and, and what do you think it's going to look like in five to 10 years when our students are kind of coming out of their programs? I know that nursing school has become much more competitive. I'm sure that the pandemic has just dramatically changed what the field looks like. So tell us a little bit about what you're seeing and what you're expecting to see as time marches on. My company hires nurses in Washington, Idaho, and they're all registered nurses. There's different kinds of nurses. There's licensed practical nurse, and then there's a registered nurse. My company will hire them, uh, send them into the home, infuse intravenously the medication. But um, as far as the industry, what's really neat is doctors are getting better and better at recognizing and diagnosing autoimmune disorders. And autoimmune disorders are on the rise. And we don't know for sure, we can't say for sure, I should say, uh, whether that's environmental or the diet, the foods that we eat. But for whatever reason, it's on the rise. When I started in this industry, probably back in 2016, my anecdotal evidence or what I observed was that It could take up to a year from the time the client has the symptoms to being diagnosed to actually getting the IVIG approved through the insurance company and shipped to their home and delivered and infused. Those clients are essentially suffering for a year. They're losing function and ability in their body for a year. Mm. So then it takes longer for them to see improvement with this medication. And then some parts of their function and ability may never improve, but they just don't get worse, which, you know, if, if I were known that I was on a downward trajectory and I had an intervention where I don't get worse, uh, I'll take it, you know, mm-hmm, but because mm-hmm. um, these are debilitating diseases. But now what I'm seeing, I'm seeing as soon as three months mm-hmm. or less, which is quite amazing because the the primary care physicians are recognizing, hey, this is out of my wheelhouse. 
you need a neurologist or you need a rheumatologist or you need another specialty. And it's a little more and better understood field now throughout the medical community. I'll tell you, I was a nurse for just about 20 years and I didn't even know this industry existed. But when I stumbled upon it, I was like, oh man, this this is the future. This Mm -hmm. is it. Wow. That's really cool to hear that providers are starting to recognize, hey, we got to jump on this and we got to jump on it right now. Right. And there are different treatments than IVIG for various autoimmune disorders. But interestingly enough, IVIG treats some 23 or 24 different disorders. So it's a drug. There's no other drug out there like it. You can't say this pill or this infusion can treat 10 different things. That's just unheard of. Well, for this to be able to tackle about 24 different disorders, it's pretty amazing. And and the, the funny thing is, is it's doing things positively to our immune system that we still don't understand fully. It creates these uh, super T cells, so help to help fight infections and whatnot. So it's it's pretty amazing. I almost envision a day where you go to the doctor and they say, "Here, inject this into your belly for the next five days, and you'll be fine." Mm. You know, um, it, wow. it may even get to that level someday. But. That's so cool. So, if students are interested in pursuing nursing or specifically this type of nursing that that you've moved into, what are some mm-hmm. things they need to be doing now, particularly because I, I know that the field has changed and that nursing school has become more competitive. So what are some things that they should be doing right now to prep themselves for a nursing path? I've, I've come across so many people who get into nursing school and they're like, oh, this isn't for me or this isn't, you know, this isn't what I want to do. And then I've come across others who I cannot get into nursing school. I used to serve on the board of the UW Bothell Advisory Committee. I, I, I would that was years ago, but I would at that time I recall that students were were more beneficial if they had some sort of volunteer work under their belt. And and if healthcare is the way you want to go. Well, you have to kind of like people. <laughs> you have to kind of have a good rapport and establishing a rapport and relationship with patients and coworkers and superiors. So I would say get involved and in volunteering at clinics and hospitals and kind of learning the environment from that perspective. And I think that bodes well still for being on a resume of trying to get into nursing school. There's there's so many different ways to volunteer medically that I really think being around that and making sure that you want to be in that industry, in that environment. How many times do people change career paths? A lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And if somebody is maybe feeling like, you know, I don't know that I want to go to nursing school. I don't know that I want to mm-hmm. get a degree. Are there positions, entry level, things that they can be doing so they still get to be a part of this field without maybe the educational component? Yeah, a little difficult because the crux of the relationship is, I always say in my in my business, I need three things. I need the medications, I need the patient, and I need the nurse to be there. So, we, you know, we have support staff. Um, my, actually, my executive administrator, she does an amazing job. She runs my company, basically. And uh, she graduated uh, with a GED and dropped out of nursing school. So as we're on the subject, 
but she realized she wanted to stay within the healthcare community. So there's there's administration level things that can be done. I have great schedulers and coordinators that still get to talk to patients, still get to talk to pharmacies. They enjoy doing that, but they're not the nurse, you know, providing the medication at the time. So it's 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 a little more difficult to be involved in a home infusion therapy if you're not the nurse infusing, but honestly, it's a really great field. We need more nurses desperately. And I would encourage more men to get into nursing and consider as a career path. It's a wonderful career path. It's it's really a great way to go. What do you love about it? Tell me. Oh, gosh. The interactions I get to have with the clients. The thing I love specifically about home infusion is you really get to know these people. I mean, you're in their home for four to six hours and, you know, you're going to hear the dogs barking and the kids screaming and the husband rushing in and out, you know, going to work or, you know, so you really have the privilege of being a part of their life once a month for six hours and you really get to know them. And it's always important to maintain the professional relationship and never cross those barriers with a patient provider as a nurse. But it's, I don't know how to describe it. Like you knock on the door and they answer the door. And I'm like, wow, you look great today. Like you're looking better. Mm. I really, you think so? Cause my family didn't notice, but I feel great. I'm like, no, look at you. You're, or I've noticed things that the patients didn't even notice. Like, Hey, you just raised your hand over your head. Oh yeah, I did. You know, and, and it's just, I mean, it's a very intimate personal way to get to know someone like, and get to celebrate those, those milestones when, you know, their, their autoimmune disorders causing them. I remember one guy, he was an engineer at a hospital and he couldn't even open a thing, a Gatorade. And I'm like, Hey, you just opened your Gatorade. He's like, I know that's been happening the last two days because he would always ask me to open it. It, it's huge yeah. because one of my favorite sayings, if I may, Kira, is that which we take for granted, others are praying for. And it's really amazing to see. I walk out of these homes sometimes and just so grateful for what I have and for my family. And, you know, if I had to go through that, like, what would that mean for my family? And so it, it's, it's not always great to internalize those things, but it's great to be appreciative of those things. Absolutely. I love that. Thank you for saying that. I want to take like just a minute and talk a little bit about the entrepreneurial side of what you do. How did you manage to merge those two worlds? How did you find the space for okay, this is what I'm doing over here. And this is kind of what I set out to do and train to do. But actually, I can dip my toe in this and this and this. And tell me how that worked and and how that works for you and your family. Well, my background's from very humble beginnings. My mother and father were the first to go to college in their families. And my mom is one of 14. <laughs> I I always had an appreciation for knowledge. And my my dad became a school teacher. And he would teach me things that um, were just wonderful. And I mean, just, just really great. But the the one thing they could never teach me, because I would always, I would always have this vision of, Hey, you guys, we should look at buying that plot of land, <laughs> you know, across from our house that was a farm and is now for sale. I'm like, what are we going to do with that? You know, or, you know, I think we should invest in this and, and like, why would we do that? You know, and these are wonderful, wonderful folks and wonderful, wonderful people and the sweetest parents on the planet. 
but I never was taught that background. So again, here I was weird kid at, you know, nine years of age going to the library or the bookstore and pulling down Kiplinger magazine or Forbes or, you know, or entrepreneur Inc, you know, and, and just starting to just focus on those things. And it really paid off because I would drive up my mom's phone bill back then, you know, we had home telephones with the, on a rotary and we would dial and uh, randomly dial stockbrokers in Spokane and ask them questions. And I would get, how old are you? I'm like, I'm nine. And they're like, you're nine and you're asking me these questions. But when I got older, I started working for my friend's farm and I noticed his dad had a fruit stand and I'd ask him, how much do you make on that fruit stand this season? He's like, oh, you know, four or five, six thousand dollars. Well, this is back when that, you know, meant a lot of money. And I kept bugging him. I said, give me your fruit stand. And and that's just the thing. Don't be afraid to ask for what you want. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't mean give me your fruit stand as in it's mine now. I meant let me run it for you. Let me take it over. I just want to make that distinction. And I would just bug him like, give me your fruit stand, Jim. Give me your fruit stand and let me let me do this for you. I can do this. I can do this. Finally, after two seasons, he gives me his fruit stand. And in the, in the first two and a half months, I made him $30,000. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And, uh, he kept questioning me. He's like, what's this? He would literally hold a fistful of cash that I would leave on his table every night. And he'd say, what is this? I said, that's the take from this week. And he's like, where did it come from? I said, from the fruit I'm selling, Jim. (laughs) And (laughs) finally, he sat me down at the table. He didn't, apparently he didn't spend a penny of it. He had all the money stacked on the table. And he's like, I demand you tell me where this is coming from. How are you doing this? He would say. Mm. And I said, well, first of all, Jim, I'm not stealing from you. Every penny that comes through that till gets put on this table. And second of all, you're going to be mad because I know you, but I'm giving 10% of your product away. And literally, he was like, you're what? <laughs> and I, I said, yeah, I'm giving 10% of your product away because when I see a new customer, I'd ask them if they'd have a neighbor. And then I would go and I would grab the best cantaloupe that we had. And I would say, give this to your neighbor. And I would slap the farmer's sticker on it. Tell him where you got it from because it would have his phone number and everything. And if you really like your neighbor, give it to them with some vanilla bean ice cream. And tell them they have to eat it today or it's going to go bad. And so they would. And then I would get cars pulling in left and right, say, my neighbor gave me the best. And they would buy like $30 of produce when normally, you know, normal customer would buy like five. Mm-hmm. And so I, the entrepreneurial spirit, I think, I think from the core to answer your question, I think from my love to sell, my love to make things happen and, and make that transactional experience happen where the customer's happy, you're happy, and everyone walks away a winner. That's awesome. Unfortunately, we have to wrap up, but it has been so cool speaking with you, George. Thank you so much for taking the time to share with our listeners about your just amazing <laughs> trajectory as a as a career person. <laughs> I just think it's really special, the niche that you've found in both the nursing field and the entrepreneurial field as well. So thanks for being with us today. My pleasure, Kara. I'm so excited that you and honored that you invited me to be on the show today. So thank you. We hope you'll join us again and remember to hit subscribe to be notified about upcoming episodes. 
Join the conversation on our Facebook page, Build Skills for Life. That's Build Skills, the number four, and then the word life. Are you interested in advertising as a sponsor for this podcast? Contact us at podcast at nsdfoundation.org. To learn more about the North Shore Schools Foundation, visit us at northshoreschoolsfoundation.org. Thanks for listening.